Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in your part of the world. This is your girl, Elle, coming to you with another episode in the Against All Odds series, where we talk about love, life, health, wealth, spirituality, business, and more. Well, today, y'all, I want to talk about deception from the enemy. Now, it used to be when I first started my podcast, it's been, what, two years now? Wow. Um, a little over two years. But anyway, I would kind of write down the title and go from there. But now I've been kind of just doing it by what God lays on my heart or what's on my mind. So today I want to talk about the enemy, Satan, devil, whatever you want to call it, how he deceives most of us through our mind. Because that's the one thing that most people don't realize is the devil wants to be able to get your mind. Because your mind controls everything else that's going on with you. Your mind controls what flows out of your heart. Okay? Your mind controls the function of your extremities of your body. It controls your perceptions, how you relate to people, your beliefs. It controls Pretty much everything about us physically, right? But nobody thinks about how much it controls us mentally. So if I was a enemy, and I mean, just think about it in real life terms, real life form. A true enemy of a person, if they know your mind, if they if they know your mind or can get control of your mind, they have the power to control your moves, how you do things, your outcome. I just wish so many people would focus more on where are these thoughts coming from? Where are these feelings coming from? Because everybody will talk about how they love God and God tells me this and I know God and God, God, God. Everybody's a dreamer now. Everybody talks about how they know God and love God. I'm just going to keep it 100 with y'all. As the young people say, it's cap. Okay, God does not speak to everybody through dreams. God does not speak through every, to everybody through prophecy. God does not speak to everybody. Everybody has different gifts. And you have to spend time in the word to know and to understand and for God to reveal to you what your gifts are. 
even what your purpose is. Because it's not something that you just wake up and know. Or you be like, oh, this is my gift. No, you really have to dig into the word and talk to God and figure out, God, what is it that you have put in me that is truly a gift from you? We can assume, but that's where the enemy gets most of us is because 90% of mostly we, not no mostly, we all operate out of the flesh. We all operate in what we want, what we think, you know, all these things of what we want, what we think is best, what we've experienced. But that takes on a different perspective when you push all that aside and ask God, what does he want? When you start operating from a place of, it's not about me. I'm just a vessel being used. And that's what I always tell people. I've been a dreamer my entire life. It's a generational gift that runs in our family. When I used to hear my aunts and uncles and everybody in the family would talk about this gift of our family. I didn't understand it. I didn't, I was a kid. Then as I grew into into it in, you know, 10, 11, 12, you start to remember things and see things and they would actually happen the way it happened in the dream. Then my mother kept explaining to me about, you've got to be, you know, if your, your gift, the gift that comes from our family or our generation, yes, it's a gift, but it also could be a curse if you don't use it properly, if you allow the enemy to enter and all this. So, you know, it was, it was a, something that I might've, if I'm being honest, been afraid of when I was a kid. Because just think about it, if you dream about things and they actually happen the way that is brought to you in a dream, then that can be a little scary. But I embraced it, I learned it, Um, but I was in church, I was being, and not to say that being in church is what gets you into heaven or gets you closer to God, but I do want to throw this statement in there that most people want to take away that going to church enhances your relationship with God and to say that it doesn't is a lie is another trick from the enemy God gives specific instructions in the Bible to assemble go to the house and assemble with the others who are like you that's just like when people go out to, but people will, you know, because they've been burned in church and I understand that they've been hurt by people in church and they've seen pastors that deceive and do all these things. Nobody's perfect. And all that is true. But if you truly are in alignment and doing it for the right purposes of what God wants from you, you can't worry about what other people are doing. All you can worry about is what you are doing and what God is pulling you to do. See, because when you start getting into trying to look at how people are spending the money in church or how people are doing things and all the politics that can tend to happen, now you are being judgmental. 
You are trying to look at somebody's life and judge what they should get and what they should do and what they should have and how things should run. That's not your place. Be careful of being judgmental of people because God says he will use that same rod of judgment when it comes to you and your time and your day. But let me, I'm getting off topic. Let me get back to what I wanted this episode to be about. And it's about how the enemy gets into our minds. See, the enemy's job is to plant a thought, to plant a seed in your mind. The enemy cannot make you do anything. He doesn't have that kind of power. But what he can do is plant a seed. You ever been sitting sometimes and you get a thought in your mind and you be like, where did that come from? Do you know most people, if if your heart is not in alignment with the Heavenly Father, it's natural for you to automatically believe that thought And not only believe it, you don't even question Question where did it come from? Was that a thought from the enemy or was that a thought from God? Because see, if we start to do that with everything that comes into our mind, you will start to see how the enemy plays games with your mind. Because that that's the territory he wants. Because like I said in the beginning, it controls how you view everything. So if he can plant a negative thought in your mind and you believe it, now your whole perception of a situation or a person becomes real to you. It becomes a reality. Then you start to act upon that reality. So we got cut off on the last episode, but this is a continuation. So what I want to continue in saying is, so when you start to act upon that thought or that belief, that's where what we call in the world now, where people talk about, well, that's my truth. That's that. This is this is real. That's my truth. No, that's not necessarily the truth. It's your truth because you believe it, because you, you know, have allowed that to be put into your mind, you know, but that doesn't always make it the actual truth of what happened. It's your truth. And that's why I try not to argue with people anymore about, what they believe and what they say because I'll be like, you know, okay, I I can't change your mind. What somebody believe is real or think has happened, it's really hard. It's almost impossible to change their mind. That's your truth. But that does not make it the truth. Okay? That does not make it the actual facts of a situation that has happened because many times if we go back to those things, you will realize that your truth is flawed. Your truth is not correct. Because it's all based upon 
how our memory and our emotions and all these things perceive and sees what happens. So that's that. I don't want to get stuck on that. But one thing that I do want to go back to that we touched bases on was about gathering in the church house. You know, I was saying that no, going to church doesn't guarantee that you're going to heaven. It doesn't get you into heaven. It's people that sit in church their entire life and are going to hell. We all know that. But the Bible does instruct us to gather in the church house, to worship him, all those type of things. Now, where you create the church can be anywhere. It can be in a living room. It can be in a basement. It can be in a corner. It can be on site, wherever you are. The church is within you. The churches, the actual buildings and structures that we go to now are just a place, are just, just that. They're, they're buildings and structures. We are the church. When we come into the building, when we gather with each other, when we praise, when we give God honor and glory, that's what he means when he says, assemble. Assemble with like-minded people, like-minded spirits. People who are on the same path as you. Because if you think about it, when you go out to a party, when you go out to a function, you know, what are you doing? You're assembling. You're going out with the attention to assemble with people who are like you. Nobody thinks about that when they go out to a club. You're going out to the club because that's what everybody at the club pretty much likes to do. They're going to assemble. They all kind of have the same um, motive in mind. We want to have fun, let loose, party, dance, drink, whatever that may be. Or say when you're going to a baby shower, you're all going to assemble, celebrate a birth. You know, everybody's going there with the same common goal in mind. When you're going to a networking event, when you're going to a business event, anything you're assembling with like-minded people. So I don't like the fact of how we use that. One, I don't like the fact of how we take things out the Bible and use it in a context that's convenient for us to prove a point. Okay, and I say us because I say as humans, that's our human nature. I try really hard not to do that. Um, but we'll take something out of the Bible and say, oh, well, the Bible says this, this and that and twist it up and put our own um, phrases and paraphrase it and statements of what we wanted to say to use it against somebody. When, one, most of the time, that's not even what the Bible says. And if it does say what you're repeating or stating, 99% of the time, it never is stated in the context that you're using it in. Because before you quote whatever verse it is, 
that you're talking about, you got to go back and read the entire context of what came before that. Read, go three or four verses back before whatever it is that you're trying to quote to somebody. Because the Bible is structured in a way that is very intentional and very instructional. But people just like to throw out, oh, well, the Bible says, you know, be submissive. Or the Bible says, you shouldn't eat this. Or the Bible says, you know, but they won't go back to you know, everything, the, a few verses before that. The Bible says, let ye that be without sin cast the first stone. That's one that everybody should be able to quote, quote or know. And if we really hold true to that and what that means, and you go back a couple verses above that, what's being said is like, you can't talk about anybody or judge anybody because you are not without sin. We all carry our own sins. Some of ours are very extreme. Some of ours are milder than others. But that doesn't make you sinless. So in this day and time, I'm going to wrap, wrap up what we're talking about on this episode which is deception from the enemy. But in this day and time, it's time out for playing like you know the word of God, for playing like you're saved or you know so much about being a Christian, you know, because God tells us that he will spit out those that are lukewarm, meaning you're going to either be hot or cold, you're going to love me or not for real. You're not going to say you love me publicly, but never try to have a relationship with me behind closed doors. You're not going to publicly put all these things out, oh, God, this, and give me praise and, this, and all these things, but you never spend time with me. You never truly try to find out what I need from you in life. I don't want to be that person. And I, I work very hard daily to try not to be that person. So my commission to any of you that are listening on this episode, be mindful of the tricks of the enemy. Because we are in a time that is so close. And he is very crafty. And he will use many tactics and people and things to get to your mind to try to get control over you as a person and over your life ceasing without prayer I know it seems like a hard task to do we should never stop praying and that's it doesn't have to be a long drawn out prayer but in everything you do you should be praying about it the Holy Spirit will guide you so I hope this message finds you 
in a place where you're able to receive what I'm saying. I hope it's able to prick your heart and convict you in a way that draws you closer to God. This has been your girl, Elle. I'll talk to you guys in the next episode. I'm sending you love, light, and praying that you draw closer to our God so that you don't fall for so many tricks and ploys from the enemy. He wants your mind, y'all, because if he gets your mind, he gets to your heart. Peace and blessings.